Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. When public worship was suspended during the first lockdown, parish churches had to make use of digital technology to broadcast services. Help was provided by the digital team at Church House, led by the C of E's Head of Digital Communications, Adrian Harris. On this week's podcast, I talked to Adrian and his colleague Amaris Cole, Senior Digital Communications Manager, about how churches have embraced digital technology during the pandemic and what the challenges are in the second lockdown. We also talk about the C of E's Christmas campaign, Comfort and Joy, which seeks to provide consolation and hope at this difficult time. The official Comfort and Joy booklet of reflections can be purchased from www.chpublishing.co.uk forward slash comfort and joy. Since you were both on the podcast last year, I mean, the, the world has changed drastically, the global pandemic. I mean, one of the things this has had a, a huge impact on is the church's digital presence and, and the work you do. Could you just say a bit about what you've seen perhaps since sort of March and how things have changed? I think there's been the most sort of phenomenal uh, effort by churches to reach and engage uh, parishioners, those exploring faith, uh, and to really serve their communities and to serve the nation at this really challenging time. And I mean, I really don't say this lightly, but it's really humbling and moving to see the way in which churches have served their communities with all the in-person activities that have been allowed from food banks to services when, when they were permissible for private prayer, but also the amazing online offering uh, and the quality of the offering of, of online services and events and really trying to meet the need and, and bring that light to the darkness in all that's, in all that's happened in this really difficult year. And uh, we've been reflecting as a team, actually, that there's just been this, this uh, tremendous sort of opportunity that digital brings, obviously sitting alongside physical, to, uh, to really serve people. And we've seen that with some of the numbers that we published um, recently, that you know, people coming to faith um, in this really difficult time, people being supported in their faith with mental health reflections or online services, whether that's a national offering or locally. And it's, it's been wonderful to play a small part in that. We've heard really great stories as well of people um, engaging with their local church or with us nationally for the very first time um, since this crisis began. So we've had people who for the first time have been watching our um, national weekly services and, and through that have then gone on to, to find a local church and to connect in with them. Um, we've been training our churches to try and help with the transition of of this, um, yeah, the, to, for these online services. Uh, we train nearly 5,000 people now um, in a range of, um, of topics from how to live stream or pre-record a service to just using your social media to connect with your community during this difficult time. But during those training sessions, we also often learn something too. We have seen such creativity from our churches who are just trying new things to reach out to those in their community who, like I said, they might not have connected with before. And that's really, really exciting for us. Did you find a lot of parishes when, in particular when public worship was first suspended back in, I suppose, was it sort of late March? Did you have a sense of how many were sort of prepared technically to start broadcasting services and, and how much were you sort of inundated with requests for help? 
Um, before the crisis, we were not tracking how many of our churches were running online services. So we had to very quickly set that up. So on a church near you, within that first week, we added the live stream and pre-recorded service tag to allow churches to start promoting their online services. And we also, within that first week, um, um, organized training for churches on how to live stream a service. Um, that was that was what really showed us that very few churches who contacted us were doing this uh, prior to the crisis. So we trained within that first month, um, I think around 500 churches to help them with with streaming. And and at that point, if you remember, we were allowed in our buildings within a couple of weeks. We then had to be doing that from home. So the situation really developed and so did our training and so did the offering that our churches um, yeah, could offer their communities. But what we've just been encouraged by is the enthusiasm um, for doing this and doing this well as well. Um, it's been great to see churches sharing tips and tricks for how to um, engage their, their congregation and new people in with their online services. Um, so yeah, hundreds of churches just had to start doing this very, very quickly, but started doing it really, really well, which was really encouraging to see. Did you sense um, people found it more straightforward than they feared? I mean, at the time it could have seemed streaming a service every week or more than once a week um, would just could seem quite complicated. There might be lots of technical problems. I mean, did did people find it perhaps not quite as difficult? Um, so when we started training people in digital four years ago, three years ago, we used to hear uh, quite often people saying, oh, well, I'm not sure my vicar would be on board with this, or I'm not sure that the PCC think that uh, using these digital platforms is, is for us. But when, um, yeah, when lockdown began, that was something we were not hearing very often at all. The vast majority of people just knew that they needed to offer something. So that could have been live stream. Um, if, if that felt a bit too scary, which it did for some, then they were pre-recording certain elements of a service and someone in the church was editing it together, or even they were just sending out those um, various elements of the service in an email to people in their church. So there were a range of different kind of levels that we saw at the very, very start. Um, and there were some really lovely things that we saw, like um, the vicar who accidentally turned the filters on <laughs> on the Facebook Live. But it was all just really good humoured. We, we were all learning together and we still are all just learning together. And I think that most people are appreciating that. Um, yeah. The confidence has definitely grown over the last couple of months and the results now are just a very different picture to what we were seeing in those first weeks. But I think people have just been very accepting and yeah, just willing to try something new, which is just great to see and maybe not something that we were seeing a couple of years ago. Do you have a sense, um, some, some have tried live streaming, pre-recording, others use Zoom because they find it enables participation more I mean, have you found people trying out different things or have you seen any movement towards 
one or the other, you know, a preference for Zoom because it's people can participate in the liturgy or, or that sort of thing. A lot of churches are running different services and different events on different platforms, depending on what they're trying to achieve. So Facebook uh, live streaming on Facebook is great to reach those new people, as we said, or to have people um, have that sense of community because they can chat in the comments. Um, and that's yeah, that's great to see. Other people are using Facebook, uh, sorry, are using YouTube because um, you can get a slightly more technical, uh, you can use third party tools to, to stream to YouTube and people like that they can pre-record certain parts of the service and then um, and then, yeah, as you said, some people are using Zoom, particularly for perhaps the coffee morning after a church. So we've seen a number of churches who are doing the service on Facebook Live and are then encouraging people to go over to a Zoom meeting to have coffee and to chat in smaller groups afterwards. So it's really lovely to see that churches are just recognising the, the pros of different platforms and are using the ones that work best for them and their community. There's an interesting thing, Ed, as well, that we've seen with, particularly with the, with the national services, where each week we've been running a, a short questionnaire after each service. And what we've been really struck by there is how the, the sort of up to one in five people who are watching the national services go to church infrequently or have never been before. So reaching um, a completely new audience which is one of the reasons why we're continuing to have some sort of national offer, A, to support local churches um, who aren't um, necessarily resourced to do uh, a local offering, but also because we're seeing this, this new audience, um, but also the fact that it's engaging people right across the age ranges. And so, you know, we were looking at, for example, uh, um, a BCP service in August, and actually a third of the audience watching that uh, were under the age of 34. And we've been really, really encouraged by this sort of new offering and, and what, it's, what it's showing in terms of how people are engaging and their patterns of worship and how they're using content. And just one final sort of little stat nugget on, on that is on Easter Day, Archbishop Justin's um, Easter Day uh, service was, uh, was in YouTube's top 10 for nearly 24 hours. Uh, and again, there we saw nearly a third of the audience watching that uh, on that much younger platform were were under the age of 34. So there's something really interesting that's happening here about sharing the Christian message and with people across the age ranges and at different stages of their faith journey. And, and we're certainly seeing a lot of local examples of that from stories we're hearing from our uh, diocesan and, and church leader colleagues. There's something on accessibility as well, um, that the national church and local churches are reaching people through their online services that they would never have been able to reach previously, whether that's because they physically couldn't go to one of our church buildings or whether because of job patterns or, or other commitments, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock was not the time for them. So that's been really exciting to see as well. And we see hundreds of comments each week from people saying this is the first time they've felt able to be a part of of a service or part of a community part of the church and um, because yeah this just wasn't available before so we're really thinking about what that means for us going forward because people who have not um, been able to attend or felt felt able to attend before and now feeling part of the church so that is really exciting for us and something that we're considering 
for the months and years ahead. And as we go into another national lockdown and it looks like public worship will be suspended again, um, I guess this is going to be all the more important to have these sorts of services. Do you do you sense that even once the sort of eventually, you know, once the, even when the pandemic is gone, do you think these services will continue? Is it something people just see as a natural part of their worship to, to live stream or have YouTube or, or that sort of thing? I can see that definitely uh, being the case because I think it's, um, it's accelerated a lot of change in a short space of time. And, I, and we've just been really struck by, and we see examples of it all the time, of the way that churches of all sizes right across the, the country have stepped up and engaged and, uh, and done it both offline and online. And it really has been a, a really wonderful and moving thing to see. And, and we take a really pragmatic view nationally that a lot of our job as a team is to resource the local church. So uh, whether that's training, whether that's um, reflections at Advent Christmas, Lent or mental health reflections or a whole range of you know content that we make available on apps or social. But I think there's, um, there's a real sort of, I suppose, yeah, view that we have that we're, we will only do the services nationally um, where there continues to be an audience. And actually, we, we are continuing to see a sustained audience. And even in quieter months like August, actually, there was still a lot of people tuning in to watch. But it's, um, I, think, I, I, I think it will become a permanent fixture. Should we move on to the um, Advent Christmas campaign specifically, which um, we've, we've covered in the, in the Church Times? Um, this month, but um, you tell us a bit about the theme, comfort and joy. I mean, this is responding, am I right, to the circumstances we find ourselves in? Yeah, so it, it really builds on what we were, what we've done with Follow the Star for the last two years. And I think comfort and joy, we're aiming to provide, particularly as we face into another national lockdown and some difficult months ahead, that Christian message of providing um, hope and um giving thanks for God coming uh, among us, uh, which we recognise at Christmas. And, and really right at the heart of it is that sense of rejoicing with those who re rejoice, weeping with those who weep. So the church nationally through this uh, campaign, uh, being with and walking alongside people, uh, regardless of what stage of their faith journey that, that they're at. And I think a, a lot of thought has really gone into, uh, into the resources, into the into the services, into what we do with our various sites, um, to, to put this real focus on, on providing that sort of spiritual um, leadership, and most importantly, uh, providing local churches with, with a whole range of printed uh, materials that they can buy from Church House Publishing, so the reflections, uh, bookmarks, uh, prayer cards, uh, Christmas cards, etc., but also a, a massive range uh, of free uh, online resources that can also be used. So, yeah, we just we just really want to help equip and support uh, local churches to, to serve their communities um, at this really really important time of year. There's a fantastic uh, a series of reflections that uh, Church House Publishing uh, um, has led on, working really closely with John Kiddle, who has edited uh, this wonderful set of reflections. Both archbishops uh, have written for it. Uh, we've got people like Sally Phillips. Uh, Martha Collison, um, there's a whole range of, of, of prominent uh, national figures who have shared uh, um, a really short uh, uh, reflection uh, with, a, with a prayer um, and, with, um, and with a sort of real focus for 
for each day and uh, as well as being available uh, from church house publishing and um, encourage people to order those early they're selling really well according to the to thomas elaine chapman who leads the team um, they're also going to be available uh, by uh, on social media we're going to put them on the app uh, we're going to um, make available by um, email so a whole variety of different ways you can't possibly uh, miss the reflections this year um, but there's some really wonderful speakers uh, uh, who, who have been willing to contribute to, uh, towards these. We have been working for the last couple of months to think how we could use a church near you this Christmas. Um, a church near you, as I'm sure you know, is our church finder tool for the public, but also offers all of our churches a free church website if they would like to use it in that way. So we've been thinking, um, yeah, how can we use a church near you for this very different Christmas? Normally, the call to action on the vast majority of our posts on social media, on our advert, on the emails that we send out is to encourage um, whoever's reading that to attend one of our worshiping communities. Now, we might not be able to um, bring people into our church buildings this Christmas, or some people might not feel comfortable. Whatever uh, the situation is by the time we get to Christmas, things will be different still. So we've been thinking, how can we use that site to, um, yes, yeah, still connect people in with their local worshiping communities? So the call to action this year for people, if we were able to, is to still promote those in-person services. But there's also going to be a real focus on those online services that thousands of churches are already working on before um, Advent and Christmas. So, um, yeah, to promote those to people that are coming to the site. And a lot of those online services will actually be able to be watched on a church near you. So we only have to take people to one place for them to watch a service that's happening either locally to them or one that's happening now somewhere across the Church of England, which is really, really exciting for us. So the um, ask for our churches is to make sure you're adding your, your Christmas and Advent services and events to a church near you, whether those are in person or online or both because we will be encouraging as many people as possible to either join you or to watch with you this Advent and Christmas. We've also got a load of free resources available on A Church Near You for our A Church Near You editors. Um, the resource hub is being revamped. Um, we've had thousands and thousands of people um, downloading our free hymns each week that we've been offering for those of you who are uh, producing online services. We will be releasing a whole batch more of Christmas and Advent and Epiphany songs, hymns and carols that will be all available for download for free for our churches. So those will all be on the A Church New Resource Hub. We're also working on customizable videos. Uh, we tried this last year and it worked really well. So we have extended that functionality so you'll be able to produce a video for your church with all your your church's name, your church's uh, call to action, whatever that might be. And you'll also be able to create free graphics to use on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. cetera, uh, that are personalized to you, but use all of that comfort and joy branding. Um, and there's much, much more going on on the resource hub. So that is definitely something for churches to check out in the coming months 
uh, coming weeks, sorry, um, as all of that is released, just to help resource and equip you to run those online services um, and to promote those across your social media channels. We're also going to put together some um, order of services, if that helps to use alongside those hymns, those Christmas carols and songs that we're producing. So we are just uh, producing as many resources as possible to equip local churches to run services this Advent and Christmas. Brilliant, thank you. And the Daily Hope phone line is still going strong, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're um, we're actually feeding the, the Daily Hope line, so working with a team that have done uh, loads of brilliant work there uh, on that project with um, with a whole range of content. So as Amaris has just described, the uh, there'll be um, uh, reflections. We'll have um, we'll have music on there. Uh, one of the big things that we're doing this year uh, that will also be on the Daily Hope, but we'll also uh, be sharing on social media uh, are the nine online services and events that we're hosting for uh, each Sunday of Advent. Um, and and throughout Christmas too, um, Epiphany. So both archbishops are, are very involved in lead, each leading a service. And um, but we've also got for the first time these amazing charity partnerships. Uh, so we're with uh, St Martin in the Fields as part of their Radio Four Christmas Appeal. We're working with Hope uh, together. We're working with the Children's Society on a on a Christingle service. With Loss and Hope on a Blue Christmas service. Uh, with Christian Aid on a Lessons and Carols. Uh, online service with Church Army, with Marie Curie, uh, and then finally finishing up with uh, Embrace the Middle East uh, for Epiphany. So that's been a really big shift this year, and it's been really wonderful to partner with that huge range of charities to, to celebrate the amazing work they do, uh, but also to help our campaign and to help Comfort and Joy reach the widest uh, uh, and most engaged audience that we can uh, with the networks that those charities have and, th and that we have uh, nationally as well. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode.